Amen. He's a wonderful Savior to me. Amen. All right, we're going to be in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 tonight. And uh, appreciate the good food we had this afternoon, good fellowship. And uh, this meeting is unique in the sense that I get to plan the menu. Most churches I go to, I don't plan the menu. They, they just say, hey, what can't you have? But here, I mean, Pastor Kenny and I, we, we, like, we take a year to get this menu together. And uh, he's, a, he's a foodie. I'm a foodie in the same sense, or in a different sense. He's a foodie and he cooks it. I'm a foodie in that I eat it. And so, uh, oh, we always eat well here. And uh, appreciate that and appreciate just uh, your friendship. I really do appreciate the friendship of this church and your pastors and um, your fellowship in the gospel together. Second Corinthians chapter 4, we began looking at this morning the spirit of faith. We saw that faith, uh, before it's an action, it's an attitude. And uh, you, won't find the, uh, you won't find the word attitude in the Bible. But what you'll find in the Bible that represents the attitude is the word spirit. And so we looked at uh, the spirit of faith as mentioned here in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and as illustrated in the life of Caleb. And uh, I've enjoyed uh, the study of Caleb's life. And man, I'm telling you, if you're saved and the life of Caleb doesn't stir you up, there's something wrong. Amen. Uh, Man, this man just loved God and he just took God at his word and his life demonstrates the kind of faith that we ought to have. And uh, so we're looking at the spirit of faith, and, and uh, Caleb is illustrating it for us this week from the Scripture. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, if you find your place, I invite you to stand with me. We're going to back up a little bit in our text that we're going to read tonight from what we read this morning. We're going to start on verse number 8. Verse number 8, 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Verse number 8, the Bible says, We are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. Always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our body. For we which live are always delivered unto death for Jesus' sake, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our mortal flesh. So then death worketh in us, but life in you. We having the same spirit of faith, according as it is written, I believed and therefore have I spoken, we also believe and therefore speak knowing that he which raised up the Lord Jesus shall raise up us also by Jesus and shall present us with you. For all things are for your sakes, that the abundant grace might through the thanksgiving of many redound to the glory of God, for which cause we faint not. But though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. For our light affliction which is but for a moment, 
worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen, for the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. I want to preach tonight on the spirit of faith's victory. The spirit of faith's victory. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for the day. Thank you for your blessings on us today and each day of our lives, Lord. You have been better to us than what we've deserved. Lord, we give you the praise and glory and honor for all of it. We thank you for Jesus Christ. We're thankful for the blood that he shed for us. We're thankful, Lord, that we do not stand in our own righteousness, knowing that all of our righteousnesses are as filthy rags. But, Lord, we stand today in the righteousness of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who loved us and gave himself for us. Lord, we're thankful for that. We're going to worship you and praise you forever and ever, and it still won't be too much. Uh, we could never give you the praise and glory and honor enough for all that you've done for us. And so, God, we thank you for that. But, Lord, we, know, we understand, we know that you didn't just save us just to bring us to heaven. Lord, you saved us that you could change our lives and so that we could be a testimony to those around us of the saving grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. And God, I pray that you'd help us tonight as we look into your word and we look at this spirit of faith. Uh, God, I pray that we would desire that the spirit of faith would be strong in our hearts. Lord, I pray that we would desire that our faith would grow. Lord, that we'd be stronger in faith as a result of our time together tonight. We know that it's faith that pleases you and it's impossible to please you without it. So God, I pray that our hearts would be filled with faith tonight. Dear God, I pray that we would see that faith is the victory that overcometh the world. And Lord, we'll thank you and praise you for all of it. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thank you for standing. You may be seated. We looked this morning on how Caleb had another spirit, and that spirit was identified and is identified as a spirit of faith. Caleb just took God's word and he believed what God had to say regarding his life and regarding his future. And uh, you know, we need, listen, we need to have a revival of faith in God. Jesus told his disciples in Mark chapter 11, and, and those who are listening, have faith in God. And what a simple message, but it's one that we need to hear. You say, well, I've got faith in God. Well, I, I believe you probably do. But did you understand, do you understand that faith is measurable? God gives to every man the measure of faith. And so we're all... Let our faith and cause our faith to grow. You can have much faith, you can have little faith. You can have great faith, you can have no faith. You can lose the faith that you have. And so a thing of faith is something that we should be continually growing in and our faith in God. And, uh, and, and so this spirit of faith, this predisposition to faith, that's what I'm calling it. And I, I really, I, as God this and, and going over this, I want, I want my spirit 
but the first reaction of my spirit to be faith toward God and His Word. Too many times our first reaction to the impossible is lack of faith, doubt, fear. But God do what seems impossible. Amen? And the spirit of faith is a spirit of victory. I was looking at the word victory, and uh, I, I often do this. I look at words that I think, the definition of words that I think I know what they mean. And then I read it and I think, man, I didn't, I didn't really understand that word as well as I wanted to. The word victory uh, means conquest. It is the defeat of an enemy in battle or of an antagonist in contest. A gaining of the superiority in war or combat. I like that. It means to win. Amen? Listen, God's people are not losers. We're winners. But then the second definition of the word victory, man, this is where it really starts getting good. It says the advantage or superiority gained over spiritual enemies, over passions and appetites, or over temptations, or in any struggle or competition. Listen, you know what? We need to believe that God can give us the victory over the flesh, over fear, over our feelings, over our foes. We need to have an old-fashioned revival of faith that we can live in victory. The spirit of faith is a victorious spirit. In our text here this evening, he starts off with... Uh, and uh, our reading starts off with a not very uh, upbeat report. We're troubled on every side. Now listen, the, having a spirit of faith and having a spirit of victory is not is not um, it's not a, it's not ignoring the troubles that we face. It's not just uh, uh, living in denial to the oppression and the persecution and the opposition that we face. The Apostle Paul, he says, we're troubled on every side. You ever feel that way? If you're living for Christ, you're going to feel that way because this world's not our home. We are in enemy territory. And so there's trouble. He said there's trouble. We're troubled on every side. There's not anywhere we turn where there's not trouble. I was thinking about that, and I was thinking about my life, and I, you know, I feel like I feel like I, I'm living a pretty good life. But you know what? I realize there is trouble all around me. I got trouble in this world. I've got trouble. Listen, y'all might cut me off on this one. I got trouble in the church. I got trouble at home. You have trouble at home? Well, don't you? Come on. It's not perfect. I've got trouble in my own flesh, in my own mind, 
in my own heart. There is trouble everywhere we look. You say, well, this doesn't sound like the spirit of victory and the spirit of faith. Well, look what it says. We are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. Now listen, for the lost person who does not have God in their life, when circumstances are bad, they're defeated. Are you listening? They are dependent upon circumstances being good in order for them to have victory. But for the child of God, the one who knows the God who created us and the one who, who holds eternity in his hand and the one who holds our future in his hand, we understand that we are not distressed and we're not defeated. There might be trouble all around us, but there's always hope in the believer's heart. We're troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed. You know what that means? It means you don't know what's going on. You ever been there? You ever not been there? I feel like I'm there all the time. What's going on? I've got more questions than I've got answers. We're perplexed, but he says, but not in despair. Listen, let me tell you something about faith. Let me tell you something about faith. Faith does not have to have all the answers. Are you listening? This is important. You better get this. Faith does not have to know all the things that are going on. It doesn't have to know why. It doesn't have to see what, what, how this is all going to end up in this situation. Let me tell you what fear does, though. Fear, listen, fear has to know everything. I just don't know what's going on. That's okay. None of us really know what's going on. <laughs> he knows what's going on. Come on, we sing these songs. I don't know about tomorrow. Do we really believe that? That's where I'm at. I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. Do you? But I know who holds tomorrow. So we're perplexed, but we're not in despair. We don't feel like, man, if I don't get the answer to this thing, I just don't know, I just can't go on. The spirit of faith may not have all the, all, the, all the answers, but he knows the one who is the answer, and he rests in that. We're perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Even when we feel alone, we know we're not alone. Because he promised he'd never leave us nor forsake us. Cast down, but not destroyed. I like this. You know what I get in my mind? My mind's uh, uh, eye, this picture of cast down but not destroyed, the guy who just keeps getting up. Amen? You knock him down, he just keeps getting up. And finally, the, the, the antagonist just gets wore out himself. He's tired of knocking the other guy down. And he quits because that guy just won't quit. 
Listen, the Apostle Paul, you know what he, he went through in his life? All the persecutions, the trouble, the, 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 the hardships on his life, physically, spiritually, emotionally. It was a constant battle for him. But he just kept getting up. Cast down, but not destroyed. Why? We have the victory in Christ. Hold your place there. Go to, uh, go to uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Just a few pages back. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Say, I'm just not strong enough for what I'm going through. I know, and that's okay. Because we're not standing in our strength. We have His strength. 1 Corinthians 15, 57, But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. You see that victory is a gift that is given to us? Listen, get this tonight. Just as salvation is the gift of God, victory is a gift from God. You say, preacher, I just can't get the victory. You've got to receive it. He giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Look at uh, chapter 2 of 2 Corinthians. Go back toward our text, just a page or two. 2 Corinthians chapter 2. I love this phrase. Verse number 14 now thanks be unto God, which, what's that next word? Always causeth us to triumph in Christ. Who's causing you to triumph in Christ? God is. Not you. You know, I just preach, I'm just trying to be strong. Well, you can try that. But you know what I've found? His strength is made perfect in weakness. People might think that, you know, if I, if I can just be strong, I can get through this. You're not standing in your own strength, and you'll never make it in your own strength. But there is a strength found in God through Christ that can cause us to triumph always. Always. When the bad news comes and the good news comes, when the, when, the, when, the, when the bills are paid, when the bills aren't paid, when you've got your health, when you don't have your health, we can continue to triumph in Christ. Always. Thanks be unto God. Amen. Thanks be unto God. This is the spirit of faith. It is a victorious spirit. There are going to be troubles, there's going to be trials, there's going to be tests. But in Christ there is victory. Listen, opposition doesn't equal defeat. Just because the way is hard doesn't mean the way is wrong. Are you listening? Well, you know, I've just figured if I was following God, I wouldn't be facing this. That's not a biblical truth. That's what we feel. 
But we don't walk by our feelings. We walk by faith. God brings us through hardships so that our faith in Him will grow and that our witness for Him will grow. Without opposition, listen, there's no overcoming. How are you going to win the battle when there is no battle? I know this is real deep stuff. But we listen, we need to understand that, that it's through opposition that we overcome. Go back to our text in 2 Corinthians chapter 4. We, we left off in verse 9. Look at verse number 10. Always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus. Well, that doesn't sound like victory, does it? Doesn't sound like it. Always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus. That the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our body. Let me give you a deep truth here. You don't get resurrection power without the crucified life. There's no resurrection outside of death. You got to die before you can be raised. Amen? Faith looks at the, the, the dying that, that we're living out, I guess you could say, always bearing about in our body the dying of the Lord Jesus. You know what Jesus had to die to? He not only died for our sins, but he died to his own will. Say, so what do you mean, preacher? When he went to the Garden of Gethsemane, what did he pray? Let this cup pass from me. Did he not pray that? But then he qualified it with this, nevertheless not as I will, not my will be done, but thy will be done. Not my will, but thy will be done. Jesus Christ set forth an example to us, and, and listen, you say, how do we bear about in our body the dying of the Lord Jesus? We set aside our own will, we set aside our own desires, and we live unto God's will. That takes faith. There's victory in dying to self and living to God. Jesus did this because he was willing to commit himself to him that judgeth righteously. Know what he did? He said, Lord, I'm in your hands. He always did those things which pleased his father. He was there to accomplish his father's will. And if you can explain to me how Jesus' will can be different than God's will, I'm listening. Because Jesus is God in the flesh, right? There's some mysteries in here I can't quite wrap my mind around, but I believe it because it's in the book. So there is, there is opposition, there's trouble, there's, there's even death. But it just opens the door to deliverance and to resurrection. Now, let's shift gears a little bit and go back to Caleb. Go back to uh, Numbers chapter 13. Numbers chapter 13. Everybody doing okay? 
Numbers chapter 13. I'm telling you, we need this in our, in our lives. And you say, well, preacher, I know all this stuff. That, that's okay. If you're, if you're hearing something new, it's probably not true. Amen? But we need to be reminded of these things. Line upon line, precept upon precept, that's how we're going to learn. And if the life of the believer is a life of faith, then we better know something about faith. Hebrew, or, uh, Numbers chapter 13, look at verse number 26. And they went and came to Moses and Aaron. Who's this they? These are the 12 spies. And all the congregation of the children of Israel under the wilderness of Paran to Kadesh and brought back word unto them and unto all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. And they told him and said, We came into the land whither thou sentest us, and surely it floweth with milk and honey, and this is the fruit of it. Nevertheless, the people be strong that dwell in the land, and the cities are walled and very great. And moreover, we saw the children of Anak there. So when they, they come back, they give this report, and their report is not a report of faith in God's word. It is a report of, that's based upon sight, it's based upon what they feel. They will say later on in verse number 33, it says, And there we saw the giants, the sons of Anak, which come of the giants, and we were in our own sight as grasshoppers, and so we were in their sight. I always wondered about that. How did they know what they were in their sight? Did the giants see them and call them a grasshopper? Grasshopper. I don't think that happened. You know, you know what they're speaking out of? They're speaking out of fear. They are afraid because they're looking at the enemy and then they're looking at themselves. Listen, who are they not looking at? God. They're looking at the enemy and they're saying this, they're, they're stronger than us. Were they stronger than them? Yes, they were. I know you're already adding God into the equation. I'm just saying them. They had chariots of iron. The Israelites didn't have chariots of iron. They had a trained army. Israelites, you know what they were, don't you? Just a nation of slaves, freed. Is that right? They didn't have war machines. Their greatest general is going to say, hey, let's march around a city and watch the walls come down. Right? They were not trained in the ways of the world. And so when, when these people, they go in, they see all these giants. They see the great walled cities. They see an established nation and the power of that nation. And they look at them and then they look at themselves and they say, we don't stand a chance. What's happening? They're focusing on themselves. They're focusing on the enemy. And that's what unbelief does. But faith focuses on God's promises. 
Faith doesn't compare the enemy to self. Faith compares the enemy to God. Our victory is found in faith, believing what we hear, God's word, not in what we see, the giants. Is that right? They're talking about all that, all that uh, they saw. In verse 30, uh, verse 29, it says, The Amalekites dwell in the land of the south, and the Hittites, and the Jebusites, and the Amorites dwell in the mountains, and the Canaanites dwell by the sea, by the coast of Jordan. You know what they're saying? There's trouble on every side. What they're saying. There's not a spot for us. The, the, and the mountains, there's people up there. Go by the sea, there's, there's enemy there. There's people in the plains, there's bad guys everywhere. Caleb says this in verse 30. Caleb stilled the people before Moses and said, let us go up at once. And I like that. Don't you like that? Let us go up at once and possess it, for we are well able to overcome it. This is not, this is not Caleb just being brash or self-centered or self-assured. Look what he says in chapter 14, verse 8. If the Lord delight in us, then he will bring us into this land and give it us a land which floweth with milk and honey. He's not saying, hey, I can lick them. You just stand back, let me, you know, let me show you what I can do. He's saying our God has promised us this land. And if our God will delight in us, then our God will deliver us. We can live in victory. I don't know what your giant is, but we all face giants. Maybe, listen, maybe there's a giant in your life, a giant of sin, and you just feel like, man, I just, I've, I've tried and I've tried and I've tried and I just keep failing. Listen, tonight, let me tell you, you can live in victory over that sin. We, we've so overcorrected. You know, you got all these people over here preaching sinless perfection. And we're so afraid of that doctrine that we have yanked it all the way over in the other ditch. Well, you know, we, we, we have to sin every day. Where is that in the Bible? Let me tell you something that maybe, maybe you don't understand. Biblically speaking, we do not have to sin at all. say, what do you mean, preacher? I mean we've been made new creatures in Christ. As a matter of fact, there is a part of us that does not sin at all. It is that new creature that's created after or in the image of Christ. Listen, whatsoever is born of God doth not commit sin. That's that new man. You know what that means? If we'll walk after the Spirit, we will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Come on, it's Scripture. We either believe it or we don't. 
There's nothing that says you have to be in bondage to sin. As a matter of fact, there's everything that says you don't have to be in bondage to sin. He delivered us from Egypt. Amen. Listen, we are dragging around this flesh, and we will. Listen, you, th this part that's saved, it's not going to sin uh, ever. But then you got that flesh, it can't please God. So Romans 8 says, and I know we drag that around, we battle it, but we better be battling it. I heard people say, I mean, I just don't, uh, you know, things I used to, you know, uh, preacher, I, I just don't, uh, I don't struggle with the flesh anymore. I don't have a battle with the flesh anymore. Well, then you're losing. Because if you're not battling the flesh, you're getting overrun by it. Amen. We battle with the flesh every day. I'm just saying God can give us the victory. I've tried and tried and tried, and I can't get it done. Look to Him. He can always cause us to triumph through Christ. He's never failed when He's looked to. Listen, when He's believed, when His Word is received, He has never failed. He's never failed. Do we believe in victory or not? Fear, listen, look what fear does. It minimizes God's provisions. It minimizes what God has provided for us. Look at, look at chapter 14. Look at verse number 36. And the men which Moses sent to search the land, who returned and made all the congregation to murmur against him, by bringing up a slander upon the land. Think about that statement. They brought a slander upon the land. You know what they did? They looked at what God had provided for them. And they said, nah, we'll do better without that. Listen, can I just say something about murmuring here and complaining? When we murmur and complain with what we have, what God's provided with us, we bring a slander against God. I just don't, yeah, I need this, and I don't have this, and I, you know, I wish this was better, I wish that was better. Hey, God has brought those things into your life. You ought to be thankful for them. It's amazing to me that the countries that have the most have the hardest time being thankful. Brother, you're down there in Mexico, people doing with a lot less than what we're doing with here. And I'd venture to say they're probably a lot more content than what we are here. What's going on? Don't bring a slander upon what God's provided you with. When we, listen, when we say that we can't get the victory over sin or over the flesh, over fear, over our feelings, we're saying that God has not supplied us with what we need. And that's not true. We know that's not true. Fear minimizes. They, they give this report in chapter 13. They give the report in, in uh, 27, 
Uh, we came into the land whither thou sentest us, and surely it floweth with milk and honey, and this is the fruit of it. Nevertheless, in other words, they said, look what all, I mean, all this stuff that God said about it was true, but don't minimize God's provision. Don't minimize God's promises. Don't minimize God's power. He's able. Faith recognizes that the presence of God outweighs any opposition. The Lord, uh, or uh, Caleb says in, in verse number 9 of chapter 14, The Lord is with us. Fear them not. You know, when you know that, uh, you know when the Lord is with you, that ought to bring a confidence to us that He's going to take care of it. I have four older brothers. I'm the youngest of five. We didn't have any sisters. And um, <clears throat> so I got beat up a lot by my brothers. Unless, unless my oldest brother was around. Because I was his favorite. And if my oldest brother Steve was there, I mean, I was walking around like a mafia boss. Don't mess with me. There was, there was great confidence when his presence was in the room. Why is that? I knew he was bigger than all the rest of them. I knew he could take care of them. That there was power there. Listen, is God with us? Is he with us? Yeah, he promised he'd never leave us. You know what? That ought to give us confidence that whatever we face, whether opposition from the outside or opposition from the inside, no matter what we face, there's power with us to overcome that. I'm saying we need, to, we need to believe in victory again. I'm tired of whiny Christians. It's just so hard and it's so tough and it's so... You say, well, you're minimizing my problems. Well, you're minimizing my God. Come on. God's able. Where's our spirit of, of faith in victory in God? Victory over fear, victory over the flesh, victory over our past failures. How about that? You say, well, you know, I don't think God could ever use me, what I've done in my life. Have you read the Bible? Have you read about some of these guys in the Bible? Well, God could never use my family. I was, I was telling the, the men at men's conference, I'm studying through Genesis right now. Have you ever studied the families of the patriarchs? What a mess. I mean, if they'd been living in our day, they'd be fielding calls from days of our lives. Hey, can we, uh, can we run your story as the world burns? As the world turns. Man, it's like a soap opera. The drama, the intrigue, the undermining, the failures. And yet God somehow used them for His glory. Take heart. Amen. Take heart. 
Don't let your past failures keep you from living a life of victory in Christ. So people just won't let me forget about it. Well, God's not remembering it. And He's the one who counts, amen, over our feelings. We could preach a whole series on that. We cannot allow our lives to be run by our feelings. We cannot make decisions based on our feelings. I just feel this and I feel that and I feel this and I feel that. What does God say? Victory over our foes. 1 John chapter 5. Let's read this verse and then we'll close for the night. I'm so thankful. I'm so thankful I am not preaching a defeated message. Preacher, don't you know we're in Laodicea? I know we are. Don't you know that uh, Christians are just, uh, they're just lukewarm and they, you know, the, and it just seems like the world's getting worse? I know it's getting worse. But even in that, I'm comforted because it's just exactly what the Bible said it would be. And though others may live defeated, I don't have to live defeated. You don't have to live defeated. Well, brother, you you hear about this, this other preacher? He fell. That saddens my heart, but that does not change my direction. For this church, they closed their doors. That saddens me greatly, but that doesn't mean we have to close our doors. 1 John chapter 5. Verse number 4. For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. And this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. How am I going to get the victory? Trust the Lord. Get in the book. I just don't have enough faith. Faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. Unplug the television. Just about every place I go, I encourage people, hey, we're having a week of meetings here. Unplug from the world. Don't spend hours scrolling. Get to the important scroll. Amen? I'm convinced if we'd spend as much time in the book as we spend online, we'd see revival. I just wish I had the faith to live uh, like like these others are living. I wish I had the faith. You can have as much faith as you want to have. Nobody's putting a cap on your faith. More Bible, more faith. Less Bible, less faith. You can live in victory. 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 You don't have to be a loser. Amen. This is the victory that overcometh the world. Say it with me, these last three words. Even our faith. Let's stand together. Heavenly Father.
Thank you for your word. God, thank you, Lord, every time we open this book and we receive it as it is in truth, not the word of men, but as it is in truth, the word of God, it will effectually work in us. God, we need our faith strengthened. We need to believe that we can have victory. Lord, I read about Caleb. Man, it just seemed like every time he's talking, he's talking about how able you are and how you can enable him to have the victory. Lord, I, I know that this is just a result of faith in you and faith in what you said. God, I pray that you would help us just to live that life of faith, just to open this book each and every day, read it, believe it, receive it, and live it. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.